Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. How are you this fine AM? Uh, you got JM and JM. That would be John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. I apologize for the minute or two of tardiness. John and I were both ready to go. We just started BSing with Tone, our producer. And uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, shoot, there were two minutes past the top of the hour. Our bad. Uh, so sorry to deprive you of two minutes of uh, in, insight on the Eagles. We'll make up for it over the next hour and 56 minutes. Okay. Is, is Can't take promise? away from Saratella, though. Yeah, We uh, don't want to take true. those two that, minutes from uh, Ricky. That's why I said we're going to cram it into the hour and 56 minutes that we have here today. I'm Birds 365, and uh, Johnny Mac, yes, the Eagles are benefiting from the earned bye week that they have because they finished with the number one record in the NFC. Um, Nick Sirianni got a chance to, you guys got a chance to talk to Nick yesterday. How many minutes did he actually do? Uh, he did do you even look at it and say, well, wait, no, wait, wait, you're, Nick, you usually do X amount of minutes. You're doing X minus today. Do you even look at that? Uh, yeah, sometimes, because sometimes he's late and you want to see, you're supposed to do 15. It doesn't always get to 15. Sometimes he goes over 15. I think he probably went over 15. He was given a lot of answers, long answers yesterday. Um, my, my question was about the self scout and he, he went on about taco soup and Fritos forever. Oh, did you lead into the taco super? Uh, yeah, that was my fault. So uh, I'll take the hit for that. We'll, we'll hold you responsible. For yeah. That, so, you know, he, he, I think he went past 15. There was one, his records about 30 minutes. Um, you know, he seemed tired yesterday though. Woof. It's a grind. 
it's a grind this 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 season. Um and and getting through it. I don't know. To me he seemed tired, but um yeah. I I'm, I'm, my I, biggest yeah, I saw the same thing. He did just kind of look a little uh, wrung out. I'm okay with that. They earned this. As I just said at the, the top of the show, and earned by, they earned a by. 32 teams came into this season, and 30 of them are either done or have to play for their lives this week. Only two, the Andy Reid-led Kansas yeah. City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles get to relax. You can be tired. You can be unshaven. Yeah, Nick needed to get the razor out yesterday, too. No, uh, that's no. okay. It's your bye week. You earned it. Dude, handle it how you feel you should handle it. As long as you are, by the time you know the end of the week, who you're playing, ready to hit the ground running and prep for that next opponent, your first postseason opponent, I'm good with however he handles himself. Yeah, well, it's not a bye week for them. I mean, uh, the coaches, uh, you know, that's why he's tired. Uh, they're they're grinding through the whole thing. So, yeah, but as far as the bye week, I mean, yeah, it's so much bigger now since they cut it from two to one as well. So, you know, it's regular, you know, I don't know how many uh, buys Andy Reid has had, but a lot. Um, number one seeds, too, a lot when they used to, even when they had two buys, um, two, two teams that had to buy. Um, but you know, this is the first time Nick has ever had it obviously as a head coach, but it's also the first time in his career he's ever had it, even as an assistant. So, you know, you get mixed up in the, in the reeds and the Belichicks of the world who it became commonplace for, um, and not easy. It's not easy. And, and that's why, I think the panic, and not everybody, but there's a certain level of panic because the Eagles weren't playing their best football at the end of the season. Uh, I'm not as concerned as most people because getting that by and making sure teams have to go through Lincoln Financial Field, oof, that is that is good news, especially in a year where I, I say it all, the NFC doesn't look that good. You know, it, it's kind of gone back and forth for me, Jody. You, you and I know we both were in the same place preseason off season, the AFC looked much better. Um, into the season, we're like, nah, it hasn't shaken out that way. And we get to the playoffs, and I go, eh, the AFC's better. <laughs> they have more good teams. Um, yeah, I mean, everything's set up for the Eagles. It's a good situation to be in. Yeah, I'm going to uh, – if the Eagles do make it to the Super Bowl, which is, as of right now, sitting here – 8.08 on a Wednesday morning during the Eagles earned bye week. I'm sticking by my preseason prediction of the Eagles being in the Super Bowl. And if they do make it, you guys are going to get tired of the victory dances I'm going to do. Um, but I readily admit a big reason why I picked the Eagles to go to Super Bowl was I thought the NFC was going to come up a little weak this year. I thought they were the best of a good group, but a lesser group as compared to the AFC. And you're right. Now that we've reached the playoffs, you look over there, you got all the quarterbacks and go, wow, that's a gauntlet. You got to get through that. That's a whole lot of work. NFC, yeah. not so yeah. much. Is, yeah. is Brock Purdy a guy that you yeah. should actually be scared of? Because he is. He's playing really good week in and week out. He's a, a rookie playing, on his. He's playing excellent football. But if you give me Brock Purdy versus 
Justin Herbert, uh, you know, I'm going to be mere, more fearful of Justin Herbert. If you give me Brock Purdy against Joe Burrow, never mind Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a little bit more fear, fearful of the other guy. Now, there's a lot, you know, San Francisco has a tremendous team. That's the issue with San Francisco, not the quarterback, the team. Um, and they're a very good team, and they will be a difficult matchup uh, if it gets to that place for both of those teams, and I think it will, um, that'll be a difficult game. But the two, the, the the game before that for the Eagles, and and remember, it'll be two games for for San Francisco. Shouldn't be that difficult, uh, you know. Dallas has a little bit of talent, but we know their inconsistency, um, and you're playing again at Lincoln Financial Field. Everybody else, all the other possibilities, Eagles are just so much more talented. They would have to bring, you know, their D game, and the other team would have to bring the A game to win that game. I'm not saying it can't happen. It happens all the time in the NFL where the lesser team upsets the better team. But the Eagles are going to have to play really poorly on a game day to lose to Seattle, the Giants, or Tampa Bay. They're going to have to play really, really, really poorly. Right. Really poorly. You you left Dallas out of that rundown. Did you yeah. just go for a reason? Yeah, Dallas is talented. Dallas is at least talented. So um, they, you know, the Eagles are better. But if they play a poor game against Dallas, they could get caught uh, because they have significant talent. They have really good players on both sides of the football. Um. The other teams, you got to play really bad. That's the difference. They got to play. They got to show up in four turnovers. Washington game just collapsed. They're they're going to beat themselves if they lose to the Seahawks, the Giants, or the Bucks. You and know, again, we we saw a couple of those games this year. It's not like yeah, uh, Washington. It's, it's such an unbelievable thought. No, it happens that all the time in the NFL. Game. They did against Washington. They did against New Orleans. And I got beat both games. So it is possible but the, the Eagles could bring their C-minus game. And then, yeah, in the playoffs, you're facing good teams. Some very good teams. Some great teams. That would be the AFC. Um, by the time they – and maybe San Francisco. Uh, by the time we get through it at all, we'll know who are the good, very good, and great teams. Yeah, you just have to avoid not uh, – avoid playing – you're below your own standard. You got to avoid playing the Washington game. The Washington is the one game because Jalen was there. Uh, Jalen wasn't there for the Saints game. So I'll put that aside. Uh, the Washington game is what you got to avoid. And they turned it over four times and they beat themselves. They So people say Washington beat the Eagles. I'll say the Eagles beat the Eagles. <laughs> you know, they beat themselves. And that's how they would have to lose not that you can't, you saw it happen. It can happen. It happens all the time in the NFL. But that's why I use that that phraseology. They have they would have to play very poorly to lose to one of those three teams. Very poorly. You said C minus game. I'll go as far as D. And and the other team would have to play the A game as well because they have to play clean. They have to get the four turnovers. They have to do everything right. They have the razor-thin margin of victory, the other teams. So it has to work both ways. 
you know, the Eagles got to show up and lay an egg, and the other team's got to play well. All right. We got two good guests joining us today. Some WVU guys, uh, West Virginia's finest, Mike Gill. And, and Jonathan Gannon, truthers. That's yeah. why I want him on the show. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Board had a good article in there about uh, Jonathan Gannon up on his website yesterday, which was a very good read. Uh, so we're going to get them going. Uh, Gill should join us in less than 10 minutes from now. One thing I wanted to get into the first segment, Johnny Mac. Uh, Pro Football Focus, a uh, football grading, rating, analyzing uh, uh, outlet that uh, both you and I uh, reference and and check out. Uh, Sometimes I think they're spot on on stuff that they do, and other times they leave me scratching my head. Uh, But uh, more good than bad is the way I would uh, describe Pro Football Focus. They came out with their all-pro teams yesterday. And the first team all-pro inside linebacker was T.J. Edwards of the Philadelphia Eagles, who didn't make first team, second team, or alternate Pro Bowl at the inside linebacker position. But Pro Football Focus had him as the starter, the number one all-pro inside linebacker Chances are the answer is somewhere in the middle. I'm not sure that he's. No, I don't think it is in the middle. This is where I like. I've been talking about this all year. TJ Edwards, and, and I talked about it when the Pro Bowl, the Eagles had 17 either Pro Bowl players or alternates. Right. And I said the biggest snub was TJ Edwards. And he was a snub because he was undrafted. And people have a really, really difficult time when it comes to the guys that don't have the pedigree that they think. And they're stunned that they become good players. It's it's it happens all the time. And he has played at a pro bowl level. In their case, they say all pro level. Um, he's really good. And he's the most I've been talking about it all year. For, for, you know, I shipped it to Hassan Reddick at the end because I think Hassan Reddick is, you know, the home run hitter. And I always joke that. You know, I use the baseball analogies a lot, and you could say the five tool player, but give me the guy in the middle of the lineup that's hitting 50 home runs and he's more impactful on the game. So, you know, Hassan Reddick with the 16 sacks and the five strip sacks, those splashy plays have a big impact on the game. But as far as down to down consistency, the best player on the Eagles defense, the MVP of the Eagles defense, the quarterback of the Eagles defense is TJ Edwards. And people don't believe it because he went undrafted. And they should give T.J. Watt a lot of credit for this, by the way, because they're good friends um, from their days at Wisconsin. And T.J. has completely, completely remade his body from when he got here to now. Very similar to Marcus Epps as well. But Marcus, you know, is a good player, but he's not at T.J.'s level. Um, you know, they they they. They grinded, they focused, they, you know, his hit the the knock against TJ Edwards was he was slow. He's never gonna be Kaiser White, but he had a bad day. He had a bad day when he ran the 40, but he's very instinctual. So that makes up for some of it. And he's also worked on his speed and he's faster than he was when they pulled out the stopwatch on one day in March or whenever it was back in, you know, when he was the and by the way. I talk about it all the time. 
He was a great college player. Yeah. He was a great college player. He was the runner-up for the Butkus Award to Roquan Smith. He was the second-best linebacker in the country. But he ran a 4.87. And people just dismissed him. And all of a sudden, he shows up, and he's a great player at the pro level. Oh, but he can't run. But he can't run. Guess what? Kaiser White's getting beaten like a drum for that two-week period as the coverage linebacker. Another West Virginia guy, West Virginia uh, theme. You know, Kaiser's the only linebacker on the field in dime packages. The Eagles don't use a lot of dime, but typically. And you know what? He was playing poorly. They changed. They put Ed Edwards on the field, and he, he does well at that. I mean, the guy is just a good, stinking football player. So in this instance, Pro Football Focus got it right and the other people got it wrong, and I don't even think it's somewhere in the middle, Jody. So you think he's the best middle linebacker in football? Well, that or in the NFC. Is never, he, I shouldn't he's say football. Certainly, he's certainly a, a Pro Bowl linebacker. He certainly had that type of year. Now, if you want to argue Bobby Wagner, you know, it, it, maybe, you know, maybe he's a tick better. If you want to argue – Fred Warner out in San Francisco, maybe he's a tick better. I'm not going to say he's the best, but he's a he's a Pro Bowl level linebacker. I'll say that. No, but that's where Pro Football uh, Focus may have number one, and I'm not sure he's that. I which is which is more of an affront to me his Pro Bowl snub than the over evaluation of him being number one inside linebacker in the NFC. I'm not well. They get they're 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 all pro teams are pretty straightforward. Who, who has the best grade? Who has the best film grade? That's it. That's how they judge it. It's not about anything else. It's not about past performance. It's not about last year. It's not about next year. It's not about, you know, ability down the road. It's not about stopwatch speed. And they judge that he had the best film this year. So he's the, he's the all-pro linebacker. Now, as I said, if you want to argue, you know, Fred Warner's really close. Um, Wagner's really close and Wagner has been an all pro level linebacker for years and years and years. And he's going to go to the hall of fame. So people are, when you talk about pro bowl teams, people are going to default to him, but their way of doing it is just, all right, who had the best film this year? That's the all pro. I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Uh, I, I can't go Fred Warner's close to DJ Edwards. That means he's behind DJ Edwards. I'm sorry. I'm not going there. So I can't agree with that, but uh, I do think the fact that he didn't even make Pro Bowl alternate is just a slap in the face, which he didn't deserve. And that bothers me more than him being slightly over-elevated on Pro Football Focus. Uh, and you did throw out the name there, Roquan Smith, the guy that he ran runner-up to in, in college for the Butkus Award. Roquan Smith signed yesterday with the Ravens. Five years, $100 million dollars. If he's a very comparable player to Roquan Smith, is that what it's going to cost the Eagles to re-sign T.J. Edwards? Nope. Same reason. Roquan's got the rep. Roquan, Roquan's got the pedigree. You know, you would think this league is smarter than it is, but they're not. They fall into the same traps as everybody else. He's got now. He's a very good player, Roquan Smith. You know, I'd have to look it up real quick. Um, Let's see. Uh, 28th in the NFL this year. Um, 
you know, had to change teams. He's typically better than that. Um, 28th, you know. uh, what ranking are you quoting? Uh, PFF. Uh, 20, 28th. Linebacker position or just overall? No, linebacker. linebacker. 28th linebacker. Uh, TJ's second. Bobby Wagner's first. And you're telling me TJ Edwards is going to make that much less than Roquan Smith. Yep. Roquan Smith is 28th and TJ Edwards is second. Yep. Uh, I I wouldn't accept that if I were his agent. Uh, please. Let's That's how the league has worked for decades, Jody. Decades. Decades. Okay. Reputation is a big part of it. I'm not saying it's right. It's a big part of it. The Eagles are going to get a break when it comes to a TJ Edwards. Still going to have to pay him a lot. Um, you know, way more than they anybody would have expected. But he's not getting Roquan Smith money. And it's got all to do with pedigree and reputation and all that stuff. Happens all the time in the NFL. All the time. Which, to me, is just stone-cold ridiculous. You, when you finished off a cut, not one year, not two years, not three years, four years. You put four years into the league and you established yourself and your level of play. That's what you should be paid on, not where you were drafted four years previously. Well, and, and he hasn't played at this level for four years. I mean, to be fair. Right, he's been in I the mean, league for four years. But. Yeah. Um, you know, Roquan played has been for, played for three. He, he stepped in yeah, years he's, he's, ago he's, and then uh, started all last year and this year. It isn't like he's a one year wonder either. No, but he's incrementally improved. Like if you went, if you said, you know, when TJ kind of broke into the lineup really in the second season a little bit, like right. Roquan was a much better player. Third season, Roquan was still a much better player. This season, TJ's played better. So when it comes to contracts, it's a little different than, you know, all pro rankings for one season. You do take in past performance. You do take in, do you think TJ can continue to play at this level? That plays into it as well. Um, and they're going to default. Would you suggest there would be more of a drop-off to DJ Edwards than Roquan Smith? Well, Roquan is enormously talented, enormously talented. From a skill set and a trade standpoint, I I don't think he's going to turn into a bad player, but I don't think TJ is going to turn into a bad player. But just from a skill set standpoint, uh, Roquan is better, um, and and people get enamored with that. I mean, they get enamored with that. That's why TJ wasn't drafted. I mean, they're one one's the best linebacker in college, one's the second best linebacker, one goes in the top ten, the other guy doesn't get drafted. NFL teams are enamored with measurables. Roquan has everything from a physical standpoint to be a star linebacker. And he is a star linebacker. I'm not trying to say he isn't. Um, TJ, they will never get over 4.487, Jody. Never get over it. They still don't get over it. They don't believe he's a good player now. You got people, you got Eagles fans that don't think he's a good player because they read that, you know, four years ago. Oh, he can't run. You say he's not a three-down linebacker. You hear it today. Today. That's Even ridiculous. after they watched him on the best team in football be the most consistent player on defense. They still say it. It's one of the reasons why I will stand by my yes, I will use collegiate production when analyzing a player for the ability to step up and play in the next uh, level. 
as you correctly well, you pointed out, DJ Andrews was one of the most productive players in college football. And guess what? Now he's in the NFL. He's one of the most productive yeah, players. But you got to be careful because, again, if you saw TJ come in here when he was ninth on the depth chart and you saw and you walked in the locker room today and saw TJ, they look like different people. So it's not like he hasn't worked his ass off to get better. And that's where I give TJ Watt credit because he works out with TJ in the off season and TJ's a freak. Uh, and he's gotten into the same training regimen. He's remade his body. He's made himself better. If you just show up and say, Hey, I'm TJ Edwards. I'm a star at college. And he didn't do all the extra stuff and all the hard work. He wouldn't have made it. So it's not just about that. It's a, you know, players improve. I always go, Tim Tebow is one of the best college players of all time, of all time. Can't play, can't play in the NFL level. Um, so you got to be careful with that. I agree with you to a certain point, like his football IQ, his intangibles, just his, his football intelligence were off the chart. That's a big thing. And and they kind of dismissed it because of the 487. But he, he, wor- he has worked his ass off. Uh, on top of it so that's that's part of it as well people evolve you can get better or you can get worse and he's gotten a lot better and that's mostly to his credit but also the eagles credit because they might have seen that in him when they signed him to the undrafted free agent contract all right jody mac johnny mac coming back with our buddy mike gill from down the shore yeah, it's kind of a West VU, uh, WVU day, West Virginia day. He and Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Board are going to be our two guests. So uh, at some point, we'll reference the Mountaineers with both of those guys. But we'll be mostly talking Eagles right here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. 
But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mountaineer Day on Birds 365. Jerry McDonald, John McMullen, neither one of us went to West for you. Uh, but we got a couple of Mountaineer guests joining us a little later. Kevin Kikeda crossing broad, a proud WVU grad, and our own West Virginia guy. He looks like a West Virginia guy with that stuff all over his face. Uh, it looks like he's grinding like the Eagles coaches. No time to shave. Although Gannon and Steichen better shave for their virtual interviews. They better shave. Very true. Uh, Mike Gill joins us here on Birds 365. You shaving today or not? You'll appreciate both of these guys. I haven't shaved in years. Now, I'll trim, but the genesis of this facial hair, uh, probably six years ago, I was Kevin Owens for Halloween. Oh, nice. And I had to keep, you know, I had to grow. And then my girlfriend liked it. In fact, this is a little... I had met somebody for an opportunity and I shaved when I met that person. And she said, never do that again. <laughs> well, the women always win. Yes. So uh, here we are. They want, facial yeah, hair. What they want. Goes. Yeah. I see my man Kincaid. W- yeah, Kevin, baby. Yeah. Well, I wanted both of you guys. Cause you both, you, you're, you're both kind of the same as me. You can't figure out what the hell's going on with this fan base and their hatred of Jonathan Gannon. Um, and you, you, uh, I was on your show, 97.3 ESPN South Jersey, down the shore, two to six every weekday, Mike Gill. Um, and you, I, I gave you credit and I've stolen it since. Uh, you, How'd that you go a, for you? It, it's going well. Uh, I thought you had a good explanation. They don't really hate Jonathan Gannon um, as much as they hate the modern game and they don't sort of realize you know every fan base is provincial they pay attention to their team they don't pay attention to what's going on in the rest of the league and they don't understand how defense is played and when you have the second deep second ranked defense in the nfl other measurables but they're top 10 in all of them whether you want to look at the advanced stats whatever um that's pretty good and and a lot of fans just don't realize and don't turn on other games and see the issues other teams are having. And if they do turn into other games, I'm not trying to say that nobody watches others. They're not watching it with the same critique no. that yeah. they are when they're yeah. watching their own team. You know, we played an audio clip. Sal Pal was on with me 
back in like week 12, and he brought this up. At that time, there had been 102 less touchdown passes in the league. Like scoring is way down. And one of the reasons scoring is so down is 102 less touchdown passes. And that was even more of a eye-opener of to what we're talking about, John. These defensive coordinators are just saying, you are not throwing the ball over the top on us. So if you're going to score, you are going to have to grind it out. You're going to have to drive down the field. You're going to have to go on 9, 10, 11 play drives, which usually will result in either, hey, we hold you to a field goal and you just went 11 plays and only got three points. That's a win for us, defense. You threw an interception. You got sacked. You got a penalty. If you're asking the offense to go on multiple 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives, that generally doesn't work out too well for them as evidence from the Eagles season. You might not like what you're watching, but they don't give up any points. <laughs> They're seventh in points this year. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that number, 102 less touchdown passes, lended credence to my thought, and I didn't pull that stat out. My producer found it for me. He said, hey, Sal Pal said this, which kind of goes to what you told John McMullen the other day. And I said, you know, that's really interesting that the, the, the defense around the leagues are just saying, you are not going to get – 30, 40, 50-yard bombs on us. And that's what you're seeing yeah. throughout the league right now. Two, uh, first of all, the 102 less touchdown passes. This year compared to? Two years ago. Two years? Okay, so it was two years ago. So it, it is something that can change over time, and I think it's a good, very good stat and a telling stat at that. Here's the one thing that if you're an eagle, if you are like John and uh, myself, all three of us are kind of on the same page here. Uh, that if you think Jonathan Gannon takes too much, you know what, from the Eagle universe in general. Here's worst case scenario, and I hate to be this guy, but I feel the need to do so. Uh, Giants beat the Vikings this week, and the Giants come back into uh, Lincoln Financial Field next week, and the Giants with Blitzen Wink Martindale gets five sacks, and the non-blitzing Jonathan Gannon only comes up with one sack and one of those five giant sacks is a strip sack that ends up as a big turnover. Oh, you will hear from Eagle Nation on Moss. Yeah, that's yeah. true. What do you mean? That is, that is very true. Play. The NFL has changed. Bullshit. Look at what uh, Wink Martindale <laughs> does. He still brings the house. The yeah. Giants are a dancing winner. I'm telling you, you better hope that doesn't happen, Johnny Mac. You're right. Oh, well, I, I mean, you and Sal Pal and anybody else who said, oh, it's you, you guys are just aren't paying attention. The league has changed. Well, there's still, even, even, I hear what you're saying, Jody, and you're absolutely right. If it, that scenario unfolds, you're absolutely right. I'm going to be taking a lot of crap, as are a lot of other people. Right. Doesn't change the fact that what we're saying is true, though. I mean, the league as a whole, Wink is an outlier. Mm -hmm. Wink is an outlier. And by the way, whatever the Giants are, 24th ranked defense, they give up big plays all over the place. Uh, they gave up a big, big play to A.J. Brown on the Blitz last right. week. Um, all Twice. Over the place. Twice. Yeah. The and, two plays the Eagles had were them blitzing, Hurts looking right at it and saying, here you yeah. go, 50-50 ball. I'm going to win that half the, you know, more than half the time. I'll take it. I mean, yeah. 
And you they're going to give up big plays. They got Justin Jefferson to deal with this week. Uh, they might win the game, but they're going to give up a bunch of big plays. I guarantee Probably. you that with yep. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Well, look, in the end, it, it's, you know, people bring up a lot of different, you know, numbers that that make their narrative feel good. And, and someone said, well, they give up 80% completion. First off, last year, John Gannon's defense gave up a ridiculous amount of high percentage. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have the talent last year. Now yeah. with the talent upgraded, they're not giving up 80% passing. They did it, what, one game to Dak Prescott a couple weeks ago, and we conveniently leave out in that game no Chauncey Garner-Johnson, no Avante Maddox. Those two guys are a big factor of why this defense works. Communication yeah. is a big deal. You look at Minnesota, yeah. runs yeah. the same defense, and they yeah, stay. I say it all the time, all the time, communication. The Eagles run this. You know, it all started with Patrick Mahomes. No, I shouldn't say that. It started with Sean McVay because Sean was, you know, the guy, the offensive guy in the NFL. And he wanted to bring in somebody who ran uh, Vic Fangio's defense and turned out to be Brandon Staley. Um, and he said, that's the toughest defense to deal with. So everybody follows Sean McVay, you know, everybody. Um, and they say, oh, that's the toughest defense to deal with. And then when you remember, I, was it last year or two years ago, Mahomes had that little stretch at the beginning of the season where he was struggling a little bit and everybody was just playing cover two, cover two, cover two, and he was trying to force the football. And then he kind of figured it out and went back to being Patrick Mahomes. So it was a very short stretch, but everybody looked at that as well and said, all right, this is the way you got to play. You got to, as you said, Mike, you got to force him to go down the field methodically. And I'll be the first to say, it's no fun. Jody's heard me say this. I don't like this scheme. I hate this scheme. I, it's no fun to watch. It's not aesthetically pleasing. But that's why I, I love your description, Mike. You don't like the modern game, which I'm with you. But don't bring up Buddy Ryan and, 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 and Jim Johnson and Bud Carson. It yeah. has no relevance. Well, listen, in the end... Buddy Ryan didn't win one playoff game. Jim Johnson left us frustrated because they couldn't win a playoff game when it mattered the most. Joe Jaravicious, hello. And Bud Carson's teams didn't win Squidaddle either. I mean, you had great coordinators who blitzed the quarterback and knocked him to the ground and was aggressive all the time. None of those teams won anything. Jim Schwartz, who people hated, won the Super Bowl. Now... They won the Super Bowl on a night where their defense got lambasted. But in the end, much like John Gannon's defense, percentages, it's a lot of numbers, analytics, which fans don't like. But in the end, John Gannon is banking on my defensive line is going to get to you in the spot that I need it the most. Brandon Graham got the biggest play in history. The previous quarter and a half of that, three quarters and a half of that game, that defense was horrible. But when they needed the big play, they knew they could count on it. And that's similar to what this defense is. They will get the big sack or the big interception or the big play. That's what they're banking on. And for half the season before these injuries started to kind of cloud the defense up, it was working. That's what the defense was set to do. Pressure the quarterback with four, get interceptions, get sacks, get strip sack, get fumbles. And it was working. Well, you take a couple pieces out, and yes, it should be looked at differently. But you get those guys back, 
you're hoping that the percentages come back into play in your favor. And by, and, and by the way, I want to throw this out, and I give Ruben Frank, our buddy from NBC Sports Philadelphia. So Ruben is the stat guy, you know, or maybe our own Jeff Kerr. Um, and I didn't know this, so I want to give Ruben credit. Uh, Jonathan Gannon has more top 10 defenses in two years than Buddy Ryan had in five years with Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Seth Joyner, our own Seth Joyner, Andre Waters, Wes Hopkins, Eric Allen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. More top 10 defenses, two in two years, than Buddy Ryan, the great Buddy Ryan, with Reggie White and company had in five seasons. These people they, are nuts. They weren't, they weren't and I'm not nuts. talking about everybody, but these people that that crap on John, they're nuts. They are certifiable. <laughs> I yeah, I'm with I didn't know that. Uh, the five years Buddy was here, he only had one top five, top ten that's defense. What, that, that, that's what Rube said. I trust wow. Rube. I haven't that, looked it up. That that comes as a surprise. All right, I got a question for Mike Gill because I you think you do a good job explaining um, what the Eagles' defense changed from last year to this year. Uh, they had the games where quarterbacks were uh, certainly completing seventy five percent, if not eighty percent of their passes. And some bad efforts last year. Guys just uh, threw underneath and took advantage and moved the ball down the field and said, oh, yeah, and we're going to stick in the end zone, not just settle for field goals. Last year, Slay was here and Maddox was here. There's been one major change at the corner position, and that's James Bradbury. Big change. How big is it that they re-sign him? He's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. Most people speculating, you know, he's going to get paid. He's coming off this great statistical year, third-ranked cornerback and all of football, passer rating against. How much are the Eagles going to have to pony up to get Bradbury to stay? Jody, it's a big question. They got a lot of guys on that defense that they're going to have this question. But Bradbury may be, you know, last year, if you watched them play, you just mentioned their secondary, Slay, Maddox. Now, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I think, is a big factor because – he gets the he makes the big play. He he covers that middle of the field so that he comes up with that interception. That's where Blankenship he makes the play. He doesn't cost you the game, but he's not helping you win the game either. Bradbury though changes the conception for me. If you watch them on the All Twenty Two last year, you had Steve Nelson playing in Jersey half the time. They just didn't want anybody to run past him because he just couldn't run. Bradbury changes the complexion of the defense because he's so much better than Nelson is. And, you know, quite frankly, you could make an argument that he's been the best corner on the field. Even uh, Slay, I thought, played much better the first half of the year than he has recently here. But because they don't have to play Nelson so far off the ball, that's where they were getting crushed in these games last year. People say, hey, look at Nelson playing uh, in Camden. Let's just go right after him. And they had so many completions in front of Nelson, and the team would just say, let them catch the ball, we'll make the tackle, and you know, move on from there. The problem was every single game they're doing that. Here, Bradbury is way more equipped. So looking at what's down the road for them, if he leaves, there hasn't been anybody, McPherson, anybody that you're like, okay, the next – like if they let Kaiser White walk, we're all under assumption that – Nicobe Dean steps into that spot and moves on. If they let Fletcher Cox walk, all right, well, uh, Jordan Davis will get more snaps. I don't know what they do in the event that right. either Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or James Bradbury move on because Blankenship is a solid player. 
He's not Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is doing what he's doing back there. Again, he's not costing you games, but he's also not helping you win games. You know, I liked your joke yesterday, John. Gardner-Johnson and Dak Prescott, what they have in common. To have to lead the league in interceptions on defense and miss six games is, is unbelievable. That shows you how big of a playmaker he is and what he means to this defense. Those two guys have been huge additions, Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, and they're not going to be able to keep everybody. And that's why the sense of urgency is is here. I mean, the window's open. you got to take advantage of this. And I would say, you know, but that's one of the good things Howie Roseman has done with this offseason. Um, they have two first-round picks. So you look at that number 10 overall pick, and Jody and I were discussing it a little bit yesterday. I haven't done much draft prep, but, you know, my first thought would be they're going to take a corner. At number 10, they wanted to take a corner a couple years ago. And all of a sudden, J.C. Horn comes off the board. They loved him. He's turned into a great player. They love Patrick Sertan. He comes off the board. Uh, he's turned into a great player. Um, and they ultimately shifted gears and got to Bonte Smith, who has turned out to be a very good player as well. So, uh, But they've been looking at corner for uh, a, a number of years. Um, ultimately... Um, I think they're going to go. That's the thing, man. When you got to pay the quarterback and that bill's coming, then you got to start building the roster a different way. And you got to get these young players on cost-effective deals. And that's why you got to hit on draft picks. And the Eagles are set up at least with two first-round picks. I don't know how they keep Bradbury. I mean, he's just played so well. <clears throat> Somebody's going to give him the bag, as they call it. Yeah. And the Eagles are not going to be able to keep him. No, and, and you know, he's an important part of why this defense is different from last year. If you ask the question, Jody, what's different? Nelson and Bradbury are a huge difference. Yeah. Nelson is a guy who's just safe, a solid tackler, not even a great tackler, but just get off the ball, catch in front. Bradbury's making plays. He's breaking passes up. He's a part of why teams hesitate to, to use that side of the field. Um, and, and I think Maddox being in that slot and – Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, when those two went out, it has kind of co coincided with, you know, this team's not getting the same amount of uh, turnovers, the interceptions aren't there, um, and the middle of the field has become a problem because the slot guy and the safety guy are a big part in communication with the linebacker on defending uh, the middle of that field, and you're seeing some breakdowns in that spot. All right, Mike Gill, we know that if the Vikings beat the Giants, which we don't know that's going to happen, but – if that's the way that it plays out and assuming Seattle doesn't upset San Francisco, the winner of the Bucs and the Cowboys is going to be the Eagles' next opponent. You got a preference as far as who you would like to see against the Eagles, who the Eagles, quote-unquote, match up better with, have a better chance to get to that NFC championship game against? I mean, I rank them as the Giants would be my first choice. Yes. Seattle would be yes. my second choice. Tampa would be my third choice, and Dallas is last. Listen – I get it. Eagle fans like to hate Dallas when they're playing their best of those four teams. They're the best. I mean, uh, when they're playing God. their best football. They're the best of those four. And quite frankly, um, you know, <laughs> if you're asking to play Dallas, it's because you want that game more than you want that opponent. Uh, you can't sit here and tell me you think that playing Dallas gives you your best shot 
Um, now, do you, do I think you're going to be an underdog against Dallas? No, you'll probably be a favorite, but a small favorite in that game. And if they play their best football, which you never know what you're getting from them, you can get the 40 to three Minnesota Dallas team, or you can get the team that played an egg against Washington. I don't want to take my chances with that. What I saw from Tampa over a 17 game slate is less consistency. And that's what it's about in the NFL. When you play your best, what can you be on that Sunday? And if you play your worst, what can you be on that Sunday? But how many times can you get to, you know, a couple of years ago, the Eagles, I think it was 2019, they had played a game against Miami, who was horrible that year, and the Dolphins beat them. And everybody, you lost to the Dolphins. This is an embarrassment. And then the Eagles won their next four games and made the playoffs that year. So at their low point, they lost to a horrible Dolphins team. But earlier in that year, they had beat Green Bay pretty handily on a Thursday night and just thrashed them. So that was your ceiling. Your ceiling was, if I play my best, I can play like that. When Dallas plays their best, they are clearly the best of these four teams. They would be last on the list of teams that you would want to see in that divisional round. It would make the best conversation on Birds 365 for the week Although that Tom Brady guy coming Tom here. Brady. Yeah, Tom too. Brady. Right, now, let, me, let, let me hop in here because I disagree with you. We're talking about playoffs, right? The, this yep. game that they play to it will be a playoff game. <laughs> Is there a derivation between regular season and the playoffs? Because the Dallas Cowboys, with the players they have on the roster right now, the coach who coached elsewhere and won the Super Bowl and uh, Diddley in Dallas, uh, uh, taking all of it into consideration, and then there's that Brady guy on the other side. How much do you have to take that into concern? Who had the better season this year? 17 games as compared to 17 games. Dallas Cowboys had a better season than Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree with you. But you're looking at Dak Prescott, whose playoff history record is what it is, and Tom Brady, whose playoff record history is what it is. Fair. That doesn't sway you enough? It does. No, say, it's fair. I'd rather avoid that it's Brady definitely- guy. Hold on. Let me turn the uh, clock back 12 months ago. Oh, Tom Brady stuck his finger in the Eagle's eye and laughed doing so. You'd rather, face, you'd rather face Brady than Dak Prescott in the postseason, huh? When you say it like that, it makes you sound ridiculous. But especially if Tampa wins the game, now they have won a game. And, you know, but yeah. that being said, they're just not the same team. I, I think yeah. up front, they're a problem. <laughs> their, their offensive line has been a, now they're going to get Jensen back likely. I think that's a pretty big addition for them to get him back at center. Um, their defense. See, this is why I think Dallas. Last year when Dallas got stuck playing San Francisco, that was to me the worst spot for them because San Francisco is a physical defense who can kind of stand toe to toe with them. Tampa Bay's defense isn't their problem per se. Look, they played this game already. Tampa kicked their ass earlier this year. That game wasn't a fair fight. Their defense kicked Dallas's ass all over that field, knocked Dak out of that game, if we remember. Yeah, they got hurt. Three yeah. points in the game against Tampa. So Tampa's defense still can ratchet it up. Their problem has been they can't protect the quarterback. The receiver's play has been – now, Evans has been great recently, but they had a lot of drops this year. Godwin hasn't been the same. Obviously, Gronk's not there anymore. They can't run the ball a lick. Uh, they've run the ball better the second half. To say you want to play Brady is preposterous, but they have more question marks around that roster, and yeah. that's the you difference. know I think you know you bring up Jensen, um, 
you know, people in Philadelphia are worried. Oh, is there going to be too much rust with Jalen Hurts because he missed a couple weeks? I mean, Ryan Jensen's been out for the whole stinking season. He's not right. going to show up and be Ryan Jensen That's like you true. typically. I mean, you know, people kind of fit into the narrative, but we we all do it, and and I do it too. And I, but you, you know, I'm not playing. It's well, not but, it's uh, not Tom Brady against Dak Prescott. It's the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys. I'd rather play the Buccaneers. Than the Cowboys, right? With now, Jensen, it might not be his performance. Team. It might not be Jensen's performance as much as if you watch them play. They have so many communication breakdowns on that offensive line that gets them in trouble. And you just wonder if he making calls will. Well, help well he'll help them. He'll yeah. help them. But I just mean, you know, the guy hasn't played the majority of the year. I wouldn't expect him to be his typical Brian Jensen level. But yeah, I mean. Look, if it were just quarterback versus quarterback, Aaron Rodgers would have 10 rings and Patrick Mahomes would be on, I don't know, four and counting. Um, it, it, it's not. It's not. It never has been. Um, even with Tom Brady, who was the outlier uh, in the greatest of all time, he doesn't win every year. You know, how, how many years are we at with Tom Brady? How many years? You know, 21. I said this about Michael Jordan. We're in the 20s. All right, he's got seven rings, which is astonishing, but he loses that last game a heck of a lot more than he wins that last game. I think people forget that. I really do. Oh, but come on, John, be fair. You got to compare winning percentage uh, of championships against everybody else. If Tom Brady's winning percentage of the, the only thing that matters is winning the last game. How does his percentage compare to every other quarterback on the Well, play? I just said he was the outlier, but you got to be fair and say it's not Tom Brady or Dak Prescott. There are other people on the field. This drives me insane. I mean, the reason Tom doesn't have nine Super Bowls is because there were other people on the field in the Giants' front in both of those Super Bowl wins dominated the football game. Wasn't Eli Manning. It wasn't the helmet catch that helped. It was the Giants' defensive front speeding Brady up, getting him off his spots, why they won both of those Super Bowls. Right, but but to take or it back to what you nine. just said about the only thing that matters is the last game of the season. How have all those other players he... fared for New England since Brady decided to leave? How many last games of the season have they won? Jody, Zero. I literally they made the playoffs once in time in three years and they lost. They got crushed by the Bills. So I, all I those think... other players who contributed to those championships haven't won squad toss since Brady took his act to Tampa. Uh, I think I called him the I, I know I called him the outlier. People hear what they want to hear. I called him the outlier. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I said that. He still loses his last game more than he wins his last game. That's my point. Even the greatest of all time, even Michael Jordan, you can throw Bill Russell out of the conversation because I think he won it more than he lost. <laughs> but uh, very rarely, it, the greatest of all time, as good as they are, they still lose more than they win. So I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, because Tom Brady at 45, by the way, and he's not the Tom Brady at, at 35. And, it, you know, even though it's amazing at the level he plays, he's not Crazy. the same player. I'm not going to say I, I, I don't want to play the Bucs uh, 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 versus the Cowboys because the Cowboys are more talented. That's all I'm saying. 
They have many better players. And Mike brought it up. Mike, Mike, you said it perfectly. If they play their A game, they got a chance to beat you. If 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 Tampa Bay plays their A game, you still got to play crappy to lose to that team. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles this year, this year, that's the difference. And I'm I'm going to point to the Cowboys. Still be a little worried. Still, if they win, if they beat Dallas, you still. That, of course, that will heighten the weariness. Well, I get it. And by yeah. the way, if he gets the football with two minutes left and 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 the Bucs are down three, oh, yeah. You should I, be very the thing with Tampa, The thing with Tampa that is so mind-boggling of why they were so bad is, you know, they still have a lot of talent from that Super Bowl team uh, on that offensive side of the ball with Godwin and Evans and Fournette. And Fournette was a big part of that run that they had. Uh, and then, of course, you have Brady, and you're thinking, why can't this team score? What is their problem on offense with the weapons that they have? And then you would see them come in here, and then the John Gannon fans would have a field day because Brady would just be nickel and diamond up and down the field. Yeah. And then, well, and then – Can I know. ask both you two guys who – yeah, you, you are holding Dallas in higher esteem than I am right now. What the hell happened to Washington last week? The, the division was still up for grabs. The Eagles could have lost – we know we watched the game. They, they could have lost that game. It wasn't like they ran out to a 28 nothing lead and then just kept adding to it. So Dallas didn't know when the game started. And, oh, by the way, they got beat from the time the game started. It wasn't like, oh, my God, Washington came out of nowhere. I got two late touchdowns. Washington got the better of the play throughout the entire game. Where was that talented Dallas roster last week in a game that they should have been very motivated to win? I don't know how motivated they were to win that game. I think they thought it was a fait accompli that once Dallas, uh, New York started Davis Webb, that their fate was kind of sealed. Um, but, Jody, to your point, Dallas can have low lows. That's the thing. But when they play their high high, their high level of best game is better what, than the what, what are we? What are we using as a basis to believe they're going to do a high high this week in the postseason? I, I didn't say that. We're rating the potential I, well, I'm not asking you, John. I'm asking Mike because Mike just said when they play their yeah. high high. Oh, I don't what know that you, that's what coming. What are you leaning their, uh, their high high being this week on? I don't know that that's happening. I will say this. If I'm Dallas, I am petrified of this game. This would be a game I would not want to play if I were them. I would have much rather had to get play Minnesota or Seattle or somebody else. San Francisco I'm not asking for. But if I'm Dallas, I've already got my ass kicked once by Tampa. I don't need to go down there again as a favorite on the road, mind you. Now, now you're the favorite as the road team here. People are saying, you better win this game. I don't envy them at all in this position. Why? Because of what we're talking about, Jody. I don't know if I'm getting their high, high, or if I'm going to get the Dallas that we see all the time here. All I'm saying is, if they win this game and play their best next week in Philadelphia, I think they have the best shot at when they when they play their best at beating you. The other teams, if they play your bet their best, I think Philadelphia just has flat out more talent than. Minnesota, Seattle, uh, you can't play Minnesota next week, but the, the other group of teams. Right. I think Dallas has the most – I think Philly's got a better roster than Dallas, but they are the most comparable level of talent of the four teams that you could play next week. 
Yeah, that's where we started this discussion was of the four potential opponents who would you least likely play. To me, the Eagles are going to beat all four. It doesn't, it's not a matter of, but to me, there's a clear delineation between Dallas and I don't care because I don't care about the other three. Now, if you force me to pick, I, I would say, yeah, Tampa would be the next on the list, the next least likely. And I would, you know, then go Seattle if I were forced to rank them, then the Giants, who I think the Eagles would beat, as I said, 99 out of 100 times. That's what kind of a mismatch I think that game would be. So amongst those four teams, that's it. It doesn't mean I think the Cowboys are going to come in here and beat the Eagles. I still think the Eagles are going to win the game. Of those four potential opponents, though, it's Dallas, and I don't give a flying you know what the other three teams stink the last thing i want to see the last thing i want to see is my wvu boy gino smith coming without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In here, yeah, hitting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and turning around and giving it to Kenneth Walker all day. That's an interesting offense, by the way. Well, I always say you can talk yourself into anything in the NFL. Everybody uh, has good players. You know, trust me. So it's San Francisco, Seattle. That's a that's that's a mismatch. But there are people in San Francisco right now talking themselves into what you just said, Mike. It was a close um, game a couple of weeks ago, 21-17, yeah. I think. Geno Smith throwing it, Kenneth Walker, tremendous talent. There are people, trust me, there are people, I know people in Minneapolis. I know a lot of people. There you go. How are you going to beat the Giants? How are you going to beat the Giants? How are you going to beat the Giants? They have uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Daniel Jones is playing well. You have freaking Kirk Cousins and and Justin Jefferson and Daniil Hunter show up and play the game and you're going to win the game. Uh, same thing with with as we're talking about Dallas uh, being fearful of going into uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not a playoff team. Tampa Bay won the NFC South because somebody had to win the NFC South. But all NFL teams have have really good players. So the time between games in the NFL. It plays with people's minds. They talk their they talk themselves into things. That's and they true. Say, oh, oh, this is good. This is good. Every NFL team has good players. All right. Last thing, uh, and then we're gonna let uh, Mr. Mountaineer Mike Gill run. Both of you guys uh, are in my for my my, my mind quasi journalist. John certainly more of a journalist than <laughs> oh that hurt me that and hurt. Mike because uh, we're we're. YouTube slash radio guys, and it's more opinion based than fact based. And John does a great job of putting his opinion into his writings, um, but he holds himself to a slightly higher um, journalistic standard. I have mine, and I think Mike, you have yours, but they're 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 not right along par with guys who have to write for a living. So, putting your journalistic aside, and just me asking you guys as individuals who would like to see the Eagles win next week in their first playoff game. 
if you have to root for it, you're telling me you're rooting for Tampa to beat Dallas this week because they're an easier matchup against the Eagles the week after. I think so. I think that's what, yes. I think I would prefer Tampa to have to come here and play rather than face Dallas. Yeah, I mean. If you're telling me what's the easier path, I think that would be it. I mean, it's tough for me because I don't, you know, root for the Eagles. So if I were a fan, I would. Yeah, I would root for Tampa Bay to beat uh, Dallas. Hmm. Uh, if I just wait, 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 let me clarify that because Mike brought up the point. A lot of Eagles fans just want to see Dallas and see, you know, beat Dallas, beat because that's the angst. If your only goal is to win the game, if your only goal is to win the game, again, I'd rather play the Giants first, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Dallas last. But you should win all four. Right, and I think we all agree on that. The Eagles will be favored in any of the matchups they have in the next round. That's true. All I'm saying is don't don't tug on Superman's cape. You're, you're disrespect. Both of you are disrespecting the GOAT, and uh, I'm not doing it. I tried. Last year was so much friggin' worse with Eagle fans. Bring on Tom Brady. We want Tom Brady. And I tried to talk him off the ledge. No, you don't. You yeah, don't but last year was different because Tampa Bay was better. Than the Eagles. Yeah, Tampa I understand. I'm game. just saying, I got a lot of that last year on my radio shows. We want Brady. I uh, we uh, Nick Foles abused Tom Brady. You don't want Tom Brady. You just 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 leave it at that. You'd prefer not that Tom Brady. Now, if the Bucks win and they're coming here, I'm going to pick the Eagles over the Bucks. I'm not going to say they can't beat Tom Brady, but Tom Brady or the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't want any part of Tom Brady. Uh, Mike Gill, great job. Always a pleasure, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a nice bye weekend. All right, guys. Enjoyed it. Mike Thanks, Gill Mike. From, uh, 97, 93.7, the Sports Bash down the shore, ESPN Radio. McMone and McDonald hanging with you. Our next WVU guy, Devin Kincaid across the board, is going to jump in in, oh, less than uh, 15 minutes from now. So stay here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missinelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Magamac guys here on Birds 365. Appreciate you streaming in. It's a bye week for the Eagles. A earned, deserved bye week for the Eagles. They get to kick back, quasi-relax. Players get to relax. The coaches are still in there every single day working there. You know what's off. Other than the time that they may spend interviewing with other teams for potential head coaching positions. Two things I want to get in before we punch Kincaid up. Number one is the coordinator thing. Uh, You guys addressed it yesterday when you had your media session with Sirianni. He said he has complete confidence, and he went through it last year with Cannon, that the interviewing process for their current coaches to potentially become head coaches elsewhere will be not uh, an iota of a distraction, that he has faith in their guys, that their focus, their number one priority is the Philadelphia Eagles in this playoff run this year. I believe him. I think that that is overstated across the board that, oh, my God, a guy's thinking about what his next job going to be. How can he focus on what he's doing? These guys can compartmentalize and they, they can do more than one thing. I think it's just in general overstated. But, you know, both of these two guys, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, because you get a chance to meet with them, talk with them all the time. Are they good at that? Can they be the guys yeah, who can I mean, just... I I don't think it's an issue at all. If you look at uh, last season, uh, Kevin O'Connell was getting the Vikings job. I mean, it's not an issue. Um, you know. Right, but um, Kevin O'Connell's not John and the Gannon, nor is he Shane No, he's, he's... Different he's guys are different guys. Yeah, and I don't even know Kevin, but <clears throat> I mean, Gannon is very, you know, be where your feet are. Um, you know, and these guys look, and we asked Shane back in December because Shane, it, it was pretty evident that Shane was going to be a hot name on, on the coaching carousel. You know, we asked him about his interest there and he was honest and he said, sure, everybody's got ambition. You know, people are interested. I, I want to talk to him about being a head coach. Nick knows it. These things are all. You know, if you don't have ambition in that industry, you're probably not even going to be a coordinator, to be honest. There's a lot of guys who are position coaches, very good at it, and they don't have, you know, the 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 sort of um, ambition you want to go to the highest levels. Guys who get those coordinators jobs, they're generally already on that path. So I think the assumption is that, you know, 
everything is done that that day. You know, like you're you're scrambling around to get your resume ready. You know, people think of their no. These guys have a plan. They 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 have. If you're Andy Reid, uh, the famous story Andy had volumes of books with his potential staff and everything he wanted, practice schedules. Every, he he wasn't even a coordinator. He had that already set up because he knew where he wanted to go in his career. This is a multi-year thing for these guys. They have all this information at their disposable. Uh, to, what's what's today? Wednesday's the day uh, where you can do virtual interviews in the bye week, so it'll happen today. Um, and they're, you know, Gannon went through it three times last year. Now different, you could say, well, the Eagles lost. They didn't play well. Well, they weren't good. They, you know, Tampa Bay was a much better team. Uh, it's a different team now. They We've talked about all the additions. The Reddicks, the Bradburys, the Kaiser Whites, the A.J. Browns, on and on and on and on. How many additions and difference-making additions? It's a different team. I don't think they lost because Jonathan Gannon had three teams wanting to interview him. Um, I think it's overblown. I think it's not that big of a deal. The bigger deal is after the season, if they get hired and they leave and who's going to replace them, that to me is the the bigger deal. Fair enough. Um, and one other question before we get uh, Kincaid up here. Rumor out of New York is that the Giants are getting close to re-signing Daniel Jones as their quarterback, three and or four year deal somewhere thereabouts. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Eagles? I think it's a good thing. I mean, I I give Daniel Jones a, a lot of credit. He's played well. I get Brian Dayball credit for, you know, wringing everything out of Daniel Jones that uh, other coaches weren't able to get out. But overall, I, I don't see him as being an elite level uh, quarterback. I think there's a lot of limitations there. And, you know, he's a good quarterback. He's good. He's, you know, middle of the road. And that's sort of that quarterback purgatory you always talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, can you win a Super Bowl? Can you? Everything is is can you win? Everything's Ricky Bobby rules. And where are you now? From the Giants' perspective, it's you know what do you do? You can't get a better quarterback, so you're pretty much well. We got to go forward with Daniel Jones, and even middle of the road quarterbacks get paid a lot of money, and in this, and so they got to pay Daniel Jones a lot of money to be a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I think that's a good thing for the Eagles. And that looks like it may happen. And my last question for you before we punch up Kincaid, who's going to be the starting quarterback opening week of the 2023 season for the commanders of Washington? Hmm. I mean, obviously, they have to get a a new quarterback. It's not going to be Sam Howell, Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's the difficult part of that. Where are they in the draft? After the Eagles, they're behind uh, New Orleans's pick. So middle of the first round. Yeah, there's 14, a, 15, does, 16. Uh, you know, do they get enamored? You know, that's where you get in trouble. You know, who I, I don't think Will Levis will last that long. Anthony Richardson, uh, those guys are going to be first round picks. You know, how, how desperate are you to push up the board I would be very, very cautious, 16th tone says. 
Washington. Yeah, middle of the first round. That's what so I said. is Anthony Richardson. Uh, does he whet your appetite? Not mine. Uh, you know, I would look for if I were Washington, I would look for the Derek Carrs of the world, where at least you're um, competitive and you build a good team around them. You can you can potentially, you know, make a playoff run, maybe win a playoff game. I would go that route. Kind of depends what they want. If they want to, if they want to push up the board and take a young quarterback and build for the future, you never know. Hey, we're sitting here, and now everybody's dunking on me over the, you know, because I said things in the off season. I didn't think Jalen Hurts would be uh, an elite level quarterback. I'm the first to raise my hand. The dishonest people are the ones. Oh, I knew, I knew Jalen Hurts was going to be an MVP candidate. Well, you're a liar. I'll say it. <laughs> um, so, you know, you never know who's going to develop. You know, does Anthony Richardson, I don't know anything about him. Does he have a tremendous work ethic? Maybe. But does he have the want uh, to be great? I talked about the development of TJ Edwards. A lot of that is the coaching staff. But man, a lot of it is TJ Edwards just making himself better every single day, every single day. Does he have that makeup? If he has that makeup, he can improve. But, you know, these are all questions that still I would lean on the veteran guy who you at least, and no Carson Wentz types. I mean, Derek Carr can play. It's just a matter of, you know, how high he can take you. I'd go and, if I were Washington, I'd go in that direction. Well, at one point, Carson Wentz could play too. We're just too too many years removed from it, and people overlooked the last couple of seasons that they had. Oh, we will get oh, back yeah, to 2017 certainly. without a problem. Yeah, it hasn't happened. And Derek Carr is not that nearly that far removed from being a pretty damn good quarterback. So I'm in agreement with you there. But that's and hey, the Giants are going to the playoffs. More power to them. The Commanders finished that 500 right there again. They weren't god-awful. There were some god-awful teams in the NFC. It's a good thing. If Daniel Jones is staying as the quarterback of the Giants and uh, the Washington commanders are trying to figure it out as they go along, that's that's good news for the Eagles going forward. All right, uh, quickie timeout. Our buddy, Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Board. He's going to join us next. You want to stay right here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. It is a non-walkthrough Wednesday here on Birds 365 because the Eagles aren't practicing today. Uh, they earned some downtime with their 14-3 record, so they get to kick back, relax, get healthier. Brush your fingers on that one, folks, um, and uh, get ready for whoever is going to be their opponent next week. We'll talk about that and all things Eagles with proud WVU alum. Yeah. WBU day. We had Mike Gill on, Kevin. Oh, a great mountaineer he is. Yeah. <laughs> before my time, though, way before my time. Yeah, go ahead, stick it yeah. to him, the old man. Um, yeah. What what coffee was that you lifted? What are you oh, drinking? I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm actually struggling this morning. I got stuck behind a school bus and a train. Oh, so the, the the kid drop off took like 20 extra minutes. Wow. <laughs> well, you hustled back and made it in time to be here with us, yeah. and we appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, we all believe that the bye week is going to buy, pardon the pun, some extra time for Eagle guys to get healthy. And uh, the coach talked yesterday about optimistic that Josh Wett is going to be able to come back. We're only like 10 days away from him being down on the field and looking like he may never get up again. And now they're saying he could play this week. Are we buying this or is it just uh, optimistic spin that this extra week, which they earned, is going to actually pay dividends for them in their first playoff game this year? Well, I'm I'm buying it. But then I think the the second question is do do you believe that momentum is a thing? You know, I, I don't I don't know. You could dispute that, right? We spent a lot of time talking on on crossing broad about the idea of uh, you know, people talking about them quote unquote limping into the playoffs, you know, with a conservative vanilla game plan over the Giants after losing two straight games with their backup quarterback. But I mean, <clears throat> you guys remember that that wretched uh, Raiders game from six years ago where they needed five second half, you know, Derek Carr turnovers <laughs> and a miss and a missed field goal just to get by them to, to clinch too. So, I mean, if you go back to that and, and you, you, one of those people who likes to draw parallels and, you know, look at how they entered the playoffs that year compared to how they entered the playoffs this year. I mean, largely they're the same circumstances, are they not, you know, some key, yeah. inju- key injuries, um, you know, not really clicking. I mean, I remember people calling for Nate Sudfeld, after the uh, the six nothing Dallas Cowboys game, right? Surely we haven't forgot about all of that, you know. The so, unstoppable Nate said, said yeah, that. yeah. What did Jeffrey Lurie say about him, Johnny? Unstoppable, like a, yeah. yeah he was like twenty. He he had a good completion percentage. So that's <laughs> you know, he, and that's what I want to talk about. And he got it on your little uh, uh, 
uh, StreamYard uh, introduction, Kevin Kincaid, a.k.a. Q Gannon. Q I love Gannon, your, yeah. Your, that's the, your, nickname. That's the nickname I've yeah. been given now. Yeah, Q yeah. Gannon. So. Uh, the, your barren, balanced look at the disastrous season for the Eagles defensive coordinator. <laughs> What 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 is wrong with these people? I mean, Mike Gill actually, and and that's why I wanted to have you two guys together for the West Virginia aspect, and also because he had a good explanation that I kind of bought into. So I want to run it by you. Um, it's not that they hate Gannon; they just hate the modern game, is what Mike says, and yeah. they don't really watch other teams, so they don't know what's going on. And that's not it. Most fan bases are very provincial but they don't watch a lot of other games and they don't see what's going on elsewhere. So they don't like the style, but the success is what it is. I mean, compared to other teams, not compared to Buddy Ryan, not compared to Jim Johnson, not compared to Bud Carson. That's not relevant compared to other teams in the 2023 NFL. We're now in 2023. Mm -hmm. They're one of the best. What what is so hard to figure out? Yeah, I think it's largely. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to what you say about you know, your your what you're basically saying is league wide trends and what you see across the NFL right now. People who want Bud Carson and Buddy Ryan and Jim Johnson, there just aren't a lot of them anymore. There may not be any of them anymore. I mean, Wait, the most there's the one most, <laughs> the most aggressive. Yeah, the the team that blitzed the most out of any team in the nfl this year was the new york giants right so if, if you want wink martindale then okay that's fine but i mean that was the conclusion that i came to as as well john after uh, laboring over 2200 words <laughs> just that people like a certain style of defense especially in philadelphia they want to see you get to the quarterback they want to see aggression they want to see you pin your ears back they want it to look a certain way um you know, but like the days of the 46 defense just don't exist anymore, you know? But and isn't you look, that the I ironic thing? They've yeah. never gotten to the quarterback more as well. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Everything. They have well, 70 sacks. People don't understand, I think, the give and take of it, right? I mean, they're saying, well, they're getting there with a four-man rush. Okay, if you're getting there with four, that means you got seven guys on the back end and you're winning the numbers battle back there. You send five, then you only have six on the back end, right? So it's about the, the balance of being able to get to the quarterback and still protecting yourself on the back end. If we frame every argument about Jonathan Gannon with the understanding that the scheme was designed to limit big passing plays and limit 20-plus yard gains – then they have achieved what they set out to do. Uh, and, and that's just the reality of the modern day NFL. You know, you look at Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and all these amazing quarterbacks. Uh, you send, you know, cover cover zero blitz at them over and over again, they're going to carve it up in two seconds. I mean, largely what, what defeated the 46 defense? It was the advent of the West Coast offense, right? These guys were getting the ball out so quick that it basically negated all the pressure that they were trying to put on the quarterback. So I guess what I'm saying is that as the defense, you know, evolves in the NFL, the offense will then counter it. And then the defense will counter that offensive gain. And the evolution of the game has taken us to a point where there's pass heavy attacks with amazing quarterbacks. So the way that you combat that is you play coverage, you know, and most teams in the NFL play 60 to 70% zone, right? There, yeah. there are no, there, the truth is that there just are no man to man teams in the NFL. Everybody plays more zone than man. And that's just the reality of where the, uh, where the game is right now. 
And oh, by the way, they're the number two ranked defense in the NFL. If you use yards yeah. per game allowed as your uh, metric, and that's the most widely accepted one. Yeah. yeah. Last year they were tenth, so they've been top ten two years running. Big difference between being second and tenth, and the difference yeah. for me is they're getting home this year. Uh, yeah. I, I make a bigger deal out of this than John does. John believes that pressures can be just as important as sacks. I say no. Sacks are sacks are the joint. Sacks are what you want to achieve. There's no downside to a sack. And they're the best in the NFL. That's it. Yeah. Stop the argument. Don't overanalyze it. Just look at the most important stat. They get the most sacks in the NFL. Give the guy credit for it. Yeah, and I'll give you, I'll take it a step further, Jody. We have um, access to the data from Sport Radar. That's what our company pays for. And Sport Radar sources, um, they I think their football stuff is taken from pro football focus. And so they have a statistic called defensive uh, pressure percentage, right? And it's a combination stat of sacks, uh, hurries, and quarterback knockdowns. Right. Um, and when you combine all that together, I think the stat, if I remember it off the top of my head, was 24.8% on 24.8% of snaps, the Eagles got a sack, uh, a hurry, or a quarterback knockdown. So even when they weren't setting, um, sacking the quarterback, they were disrupting him or moving him off his spot or doing something to, to affect um, the play. So they were number one in the NFL with that 24.8% number. So I yeah, think that's they what, need what, to blitz more. <laughs> but they need to blitz more. And here's the thing. They, they blitzed. They they blitzed. Uh, they were the 18th. Um, and blitzing numbers are subjective, too. Like, you go to different data sets, pro football focus, sport radar, whoever, they might have different um, interpretations yeah. on what counts as a blitz and whatnot. At least in our data, it had the Eagles logged as, the, as blitzing 18th. In yeah. the league, they're so, about middle of the road, and sometimes it's different. And the coaching staff is like, you know, that's not a blitz, and yeah, you know, yeah, they're, they're the ones who know what they're doing, but they're yeah. not a heavy blitz team. But they're they're not, you know. Nick always says you never want to be bottom five in anything. No, um, no. they're not bottom five; they're middle of the road. So um, they do it enough, and they do it in 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 good situations, and. Um, it's one of those things that that uh, bothers me, not, not so much because of the criticism. I don't care. I mean, I like everybody knows I like JG, but um, it's not the criticism. It's just the the lack of awareness of, of, of the context and, and the yeah. fact that, um, you know, Wink Martindale, you're right. I mean, Jody brought up this scenario that if the Giants beat the Vikings and come in here mm -hmm. and this isn't going to happen, but. That they might be the Vikings, but I, I think that would be the easiest opponent for the Eagles in the second and uh, in, in the divisional round. Yeah. Um, however, if the Eagles play a terrible game and Wink splits in off the buses and he, they got five sacks and they generate three or four turnovers and there's this massive upset, people are going to lose their mind, aren't oh, they? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, of course. And I don't. Here, here's what I here's what I always say with the with the Gannon stuff too. It's just that if you don't like, um, you know, conservative coverage and and cover yeah, two and the, the way he, I don't fine. like it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't even love it either. Continuing yeah. with the West Virginia theme here, I don't know if if Mike touched on this at all, but I've had we've had ten years of terrible Big Twelve football to watch, yeah. right? And even before that, in the Big East days, we ran a three three five stack. Right. Do you know how many three man rush and drop eight zone snaps I watched over and over and over wow, again? That's I tough. To pull, that's tough. I wanted to, to pull, yeah. pull my hair out because 
that's what they did in the Big 12 to stop these passing attacks. There's not enough. The middle, the middle of the tier college programs can't recruit enough talent on the defensive line to be able to rush for or send these, these blitzing linebackers all the time. So what do they do? They drop eight into coverage. And they try to keep a Patrick Mahomes or a Davis Webb or a, a Seth Dagey or whatever other dudes I watched carve us up in the Big 12. They try, <laughs> try, to, try to keep them contained. You know, so this, this is the evolution of that as those college concepts and those spread concepts started to, to become more prevalent in the NFL. So that's all I want to say to people. It's like If you don't like Jonathan Gannon's defense and his style, that's fine. Yeah, but I think exactly. they're, conf- they're conflating personal preference with the idea that he's not a good coordinator, which is not true. Those, those, those are two separate ideas that don't interface. Wow. When you go, when Davis Webb carved us up, forget Davis about Webb, Dave, Davis Webb yeah. carved you That's yeah, yeah. pain. Yeah. I, I will cut you some slack here for that. Kincaid. And that we is. got Daggy's brother. Then Daggy's brother ended up playing for us. And it turns out he was not the, the good Daggy. The other the good Daggy. Didn't yeah, even we know. Got the, well, we got the bowling team transfer, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, quick shot at one individual. Um, I think both you guys mentioned uh, the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld. We know the owner did a couple of years ago. Is he going to screw the Eagles again? And here's what I mean by that. He wasn't good enough in 49er camp this year for the 49ers to go, hey, we can't trade Nate Sudfeld. We got to keep <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. So instead, they send him off to the Lions and his Brock Purdy character steps in and is the uh, practice squad quarterback who now is the guy who could come into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles. I blame Nate Sudfeld. Am I fair to do so? Yeah, I think so. Talk about continuing the theme of Big 12 quarterbacks who carved us up, by the way. Yeah, Brock Purdy was another one. What a pain in the ass he was at, at Iowa State, of all places, you know? I mean, when they had their one, like, miraculous They could beat Iowa it. State. Westview, you could beat Iowa State when Brock was there. That's no, the, the, you got uh, Brock Purdy, man. Come on. The, the, good, the year that we had prime Will Greer, uh, when they went down and beat Texas on a two-point conversion and we lost to Kyler Murray in a game that would have sent us to the Big 12 championship game, the bad early season loss we had was on the road to Brock Purdy. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he showed flashes at Iowa State, but I, I don't ever remember watching him and being like, I like I knew he like he was good, but I'm like, I, I don't like see this guy's like a slam dunk um nfl guy and like most big 12 quarterbacks i mean like mahomes is clearly the outlier with that you know what none of us thought he was going to be that good in the nfl and look at, look yeah. at what happened there yeah, but 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 purdy was more kind of online of like all those guys who you know the well i'm pretty who, who's iowa state's coach i don't i don't know i'm pretty matt sure campbell. it's not kyle shanahan campbell. oh matt yeah. campbell i should matt know campbell. that that's yeah. a big nick siriana guy yeah. but it's not kyle shanahan i think that helps Brock yeah. Purdy. yeah it well. does i mean he's got to be you know i've kind of amended I mean, if you if you're talking about coach of the year and you look at what they've done out there, being on their third quarterback now, um, and being the being arguably the hottest team uh, in the entire league going into the playoffs, I mean, I would like to see Nick win it, but I, I'm not going to have. If you give it, there's to, a lot it, of guys with with good. Brian Dayball yeah. has has a great case. I mean, you could give team, it to like four or five different yeah. coaches this year, and I wouldn't I wouldn't think that anybody else was screwed. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I Dave, think uh, Shanahan, Doug Doug Peterson. Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I think Doug should uh, has a great case as well. I, w- I want to get your thoughts. We were talking about this with Mike as well, so I want to get uh, uh, your thoughts. Four potential opponents in the first round, Kevin. Seattle, mm-hmm. the Giants, the Cowboys, or the Bucks. Rank them in the order of toughest to least toughest uh, for the Eagles in the divisional round. 
Cowboys, Giants, Bucks, Seahawks. Wow. wow. You, you I agree, Cowboys. Wow, Giants. I got the Giants way down the list. I think I'd That's... rather I think I'd rather play sounds crazy to, to say, but I think I'd rather play Tom Brady. <laughs> They had pre- rather rather play. You're making the, the same mistake that Eagle yeah. fans made last year, Kincaid. Bring on Tom Brady. You Not don't same, want any though. part of that guy. No, I just don't think it's the same, though. I mean, I think this Giants team has a little bit of that, like Phillies, 2022 Phillies in them this year, where they really don't have anything to lose, and they're kind of playing free, and like they they've overachieved, you know. And so they're probably oh, yeah. house money at this point. I, I maybe maybe put them in a second way tie or whatever. But uh, continuing again with the Morgantown theme, would love to. I, I don't. I'm happy for Gino. I don't think Gino comes in here and beats the uh, beats the Eagles. So for for sure the Seahawks. But I, I think that Giants matchup is kind of kind of tricky. I mean they were they were blitzing like crazy uh, the other day in the meaningless game, and uh, you know they they've they've overachieved this year. And and Brian yeah. Dable and Mike Kafka have done a great job with that with that. Team. Well, I think that's you know going back to our blitz discussion. Mm-hmm. When you play the Giants. There are plays you're going to look bad because the blitz is going to get home and it's, yeah. you know, people like it, but then you're going to get the big plays and the big plays and the big plays and the big plays and the better yeah. team. And honestly, I think, you know, I'm not, Jody knows, I think Minnesota's very flawed, but if they're going to blitz Minnesota with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, they're going to get killed. They're going to yeah. get gashed again and again and again and again. I just don't think the I don't know. I, I've watched Tampa games this year, and the, the Bucks just don't feel like the Bucks. I, I don't. No, I don't they know don't. That's like not some, a good team. It's not yeah, a good team. They've just it's been a great off. quarterback. Yeah, uh, not a good team. Yeah, they've but been off all season long. Yeah. We spent the first fifteen minutes talking about Jonathan Gannon, and I'm a Gannon guy. Not as big as Johnny Mac, maybe not as big as you, Kev. But I'm surely not a detractor by any stretch of the imagination. Let me. Let me. Can I just? Can I just clarify something too sure. while we're here? I get the nickname of Q Gannon, right? I'm not even. I'm not even. A, I'm not even a huge Jonathan Gannon fan. I just feel like that yeah. the criticism has been so much and so out in left field that, like, I just feel like I got like a lot of what we do at Crossing Broad is like pull pull back on stuff that we feel is like way out of way line. over. I guess yeah. that makes. I guess that makes me a Gannon lover. Well, I'm, I'm the same way. People always say. Now I get along with. Jonathan personally I criticize him all the time nobody yeah. hears it uh because they think you know I, I'm not I don't want to I don't even like I tell this to Jody I don't like the scheme I don't like the thought process of you know I think there's 12 12 teams when I counted them up that play the Pangeo scheme in the NFL right now yeah. I don't like that I don't like going along with the crowd like I want the guy um the, the Lions offensive coordinator, uh, Ben John. I love him. He's mm-hmm. different. He does different yeah. stuff. I'm, I like that guy. I want the guy who's ahead of the curve, not the guy who's following. Yeah. But to JG's credit, the Eagles of those 12 teams or whatever, they do it the best. Yeah. He deserves yeah. credit for teaching it. The communication aspect, which is a huge part of that defense, the Eagles do it better than anybody else. Can I just make one quick point before I give it back to Jody here? Sorry to interrupt you. No, go. The the dumbest thing that I ever that I hear in all of this is, well, they have great players. You know, I'm well, no <laughs> duh. I mean, Buddy Buddy Ryan had Seth Joyner, Clyde Simmons, Reggie, yeah. Yeah. Eric Allen, Wes Hopkins. Yeah. Like those guys could play in this defense. The guys in this defense could play in that defense. Like, if, like, like that's the most 
Captain Obvious statement that you can. Oh course, yeah. Good, of course, good players are going to make a scheme yeah. look bad. I, I, there's no, there's no redeeming value in. Well, in and to Nick's credit, Nick says all the time, "Show, show me a good coach. I'll show you a bunch of good players." Yeah. I mean, that's common sense. Yeah. That's yeah. you know. Jerome they, Brown. They, yeah. 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 All those all guys. Right. Uh, I'll tell you why I'm going to uh, try and avoid Tom Brady if at all possible. It's because Darius Slay is slumping. It's a word that we usually use in baseball when you say it's slump. You'd be an NBA guy and get a bit of a shooting slump. But hitting slump is the phrase that is probably most used when you use the word slump in the world of sports. Mm -hmm. I kind of think Slay's in a slump right now. And you don't usually think of a cornerback as being in a slump. But it's the only way that I can explain the fact that he's been beaten up pretty badly lately. I don't think slumping Darius Slay can do as much damage in the playoffs against the Cowboys as he can against the Buccaneers because they run Mike Evans out there and go, yeah, he's going to be on the outside and he's going to beat you and there's going to be nothing you can do about it. The Cowboys, to their credit, at least they bring C.D. Lamb into the slot against the Eagles and say, yeah, we don't like your slot corner. And specifically when C.J. Gardner-Johnson was out and not uh, potentially sliding into the slot, Josiah Scott was the guy who was replacing uh, Maddox. He just abused them the last time they played. That won't be the same. Gardner Johnson will be back. They'll be able to slow CD down. I, I, I'm sorry. I just have no fear of any other Cowboy wide receivers. I have more fear of Chris Godwin. Maybe I'm too much of a pass analyst guy, but that's why the Bucks scare me more than the Cowboys. Can I, they, give you a, can, can I give you a hot take here related sure. to that point? I think okay. if Avante Maddox doesn't go out injured, I think they win that Cowboys game. May very well have. I think he was that good in the first half. Yeah, he was playing. He was he was playing great. And this uh, is what this is what I say because people people think I'm crazy when I say this, but you know you're talking about the losses that they have with injuries. You talk about Avante Maddox. You talk about Lane Johnson. I thought that losing Avante Maddox was a little bit more of a big deal than Lane Johnson, not because he's a better player than Lane Johnson, but I think the depth the 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 drop off from Lane Johnson to Jack Driscoll versus the drop off from Avante Maddox to Josiah Scott was more of a gulf on the latter than the former right now you have cj gardner johnson's diverse skill set which allows him to go play in the slot and they have that coverage there but they didn't have that for that first yeah after the maddox injury so that's 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 like to clarify that take i just thought it was harder for them to plug the hole in the slot than it was to put like a serviceable jack jack driscoll over there on the right it wasn't me saying that i think maddox is is better than lane johnson because i don't think that at all i think that when you looked at the depth from first string to second string and either in each of those positions i felt like there was more of a drop off in who their nickel slot corner was yeah, see, i i thought that but you've watched driscoll play the last couple of weeks right yeah yeah, yeah a I, thought, I, I thought he was fine against i don't think he was great but i thought he was fine no, I just think it's crazy, dude. By the way, can, can we just talk for a minute about how, how people say that Lane Johnson is like the most important player on the team? He's not even a blindside tackle, right? I mean, he's on the right. So, I yeah. mean, think think about how how significant that is that, you know, they they will just leave their left tackle as is. And 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 because I, I just feel like every time we talk about like the most important position on the offensive line, everybody says right-handed quarterback, left tackle, you know? And we're not, yeah. saying, we're not saying that for the, we're not saying that for the Eagles. And then that, that, that's, that's you know, part, there's two things that makes the Eagles offense run, which is basically, as you pointed out, Kevin, it's a math equation. Everything's math and 
today's sports world. Mm -hmm. uh, they leave their tackles on an island so they don't have to help them. And the plus one in the running game, Jalen Hurts. Um, and that gives the Eagles the, the advantage. Um, they have, you know, um, the mathematical advantage because of those two things. They, yeah. they, now, my issue is when Jack Driscoll comes in the game, and I thought, as I said, I thought he was fine, not great, not bad, just average, but he is average, and that's pretty good for a backup. But you can't just say, all right, we leave Lane Johnson on an island. Let's leave Jack Driscoll on. No, I think no. the Eagles don't, and they did the same thing with Josiah Scott. All right, next man up, and they did the same thing to a certain degree with Reed Blankenship. I think there's got to be a, a little bit more realization that, all right, the backups are the backups for a reason. Yeah, they're not Lane Johnson. They're not Avante Maddox. They're not uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson. No, and no. Uh, of course, we saw Gardner Minshew's not Jalen Hurts, and that's where it's taken us, man, an hour and forty-five minutes into this show. We haven't talked about the quarterback, and what concerned me. We've been talking about injuries. Nick Sirianni did it again yesterday when he was talking about Jalen Hurts. We, I, I'm looking for the exact code. We knew it was going to hurt him like hell. He knew it was going to hurt him like hell. What the hell's going on here? I mean, yeah, it's a little concerning, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah. this doesn't sound like the grade two SC joint shoulder sprain. Everybody can Google it. They'll say it's a two to three week injury. This sounds to me like it's more. There's something more going on. Am I yeah, too Q like, on um, here? Q yeah, gone yeah. on? Q get Q gan on. Yeah. Um, well, this reminds me a little bit of like, you know, when Alshon Jeffrey had that amazing run in the playoffs, and then only after we found out that he had like a uh shoulder Tor thing, the torn entire rotator cuff. Yeah, a torn rotator cuff or something. You know, here's here's what I would say about Hertz. When they take all they took all of the design running out of the playbook the other day, right? And they basically beat beat the Giants with like, you know half of the playbook right you, you see like how much of the playbook is is hurts feet not just him running the ball not just five wide empty no, sets just the, the threat background. of it the threat zone, of it. zone, zone yeah. read there was no zone read either you know and so it's like that i think when you look at all the field goals they kicked i mean there was a stat that halfway through the year jalen hurts led the league in red zone rushing attempts not just not just eagles not just quarterbacks like running backs too he had more like red zone rushing attempts than derrick henry Right. So he, he is a, a, his his feet are a massive part of what they do. I'm not you guys are. I'm, this is not like a revelation to you guys, of course. But I think like you see it in exhibition when they played that game the other day. It's like, well, this is what the Eagles look like without Hurts feet. You know, so that, that's massive. And I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Unless it's unless there's some kind of uh, everybody always thinks there's game and gamesmanship or they're playing uh, chess and not checkers. And they're trying to like, you know, give a uh, you know, they're trying to protect their you know, trying to give bad information to the opponent or something. I don't know. It just didn't sound that good on the surface. You know, it sounded like he was a little bit worse than they, than they, they made it out to be. Time out, Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm coming to defense of the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. When he, doesn't, chess? <laughs> when, when he obfuscates, sometimes he just bold-faced lies, but he obfuscates yeah. often and keeps information to himself specifically about injuries, and we all get on his case and go, oh, that competitive advantage bastard. He's oversteady. Why does he bother with this? And he takes grief for it then. Then he comes out and he's just bold-faced honest and goes, yeah, Jalen was friggin' hurt. 
Do you realize how hurt he was playing? Well, what do we want from Sirianni? Do we yeah. want him to lie to us or we want him to tell us the truth? I don't know. You do, well, it's a deviation from the pattern, though. It's a guy who, you know, as John can attest to, has given you nothing all year long on the injury front. And now all of a sudden he's volunteering information that, oh, he was probably hurting a little more than we all thought. So that's the only thing that's curious just because he never does that. Yeah. You know, he didn't keep this one close to the vest. Hey, yeah. if he's playing 3D chess, I'll give him credit. If he's trying yeah. to signal to the Eagles' potential opponent that Jalen Hurts yeah. isn't 100%, and all of a sudden he shows up and he's the Jalen Hurts we all know, and the zone reads back on the table, and the team's like, wow, we didn't prepare for this. We thought he was going to be a pocket passer. Then I'll give Nick Sirianni all the credit in the world, but he looked tired and loopy. And he, I think he was telling the truth and yeah. he's hurting more than that. And if this is a four to six week injury, as some have speculated and, and the Eagles were clearly lying at the beginning of it. Um, guess what? He's not going to be a hundred percent for the divisional round. So I, yeah. I don't know where I land on that. Spectrum. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. Put some, put some morphine in a taco soup and feed it to him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just do it, do whatever, do whatever you have to. By do. the way, I mean, that was fun. my fault. I got Nick on the taco soup uh, Fritos bandwagon, and yeah. Tim McManus paid for it because he said Fritos were terrible, yeah. and uh, the Fritos Illuminati came all over Timmy Mac. Oh, listen, there, there's an authentic Mexican place up the street. Maybe I'll get, get taco soup for lunch and we'll do a review on Crossing Broad and uh, do, we'll see if do we'll you see even if... know if they have taco soup in the Mexican place. Uh, we're going to find out. I don't I don't know if that's like a traditional uh, meal or if they're going to look at me like, like I got three heads, but we'll, um, we'll taco maybe... soup and Fritos, baby. I'm, I'm going Sirianni <laughs> creation that it's not, just, readily, can I, can I, it's not I, readily available to the masses. <laughs> can I make one final point about the injury stuff? When you go back to 2017, Wentz, Peters, Sproles, Maragos, and Hicks, they were, they were all on IR, right? Those yep. guys were not, were not coming back for the, the playoffs. Like That was a foregone conclusion. There's a chance they go into this game with Johnson not at 100%, but Johnson there. Jalen Hurts is going to be playing. Josh Sweat sounds like he'll be there. Vontae Maddox may have a chance. You know, like they, they are, if, if you, if you want to compare those two seasons, they're in better shape this year they're in better shape on the injury Fair. front i mean that they Except were they were everybody forgets about all the underdog i mean the whole backdrop of the playoff run five or six years ago was the underdogs yeah right? like i mean you can yeah. you could even play i'm not saying it's georgia in the national title game playing the disrespect card of everybody said we were going to go seven and five i mean that's kirby smart did the best brainwashing job i've seen since like north korea state-run media right but i would say since doug peterson doug peterson <laughs> brainwashed them all uh, yeah, we're the underdogs. They all we're the underdogs. It. We're going yeah. to do. You, you can play. You if, if you wanted to, you could play that, and you could say everybody loves San Francisco. They're disrespecting us. I mean, yeah. you could carve that out if you wanted to. But they're going into the playoffs, at least on the injury front, in better in better shape than they did five or six years ago. I, I can't get the 2018 and 2023 thing. Is it six years or is it five years? Yeah. Well, and, and you you ran down the list, Kevin, but you forgot yeah. the biggest one, Carson Wentz. I mean, that was the reason yeah. the Eagles were a literal yeah. underdog because yeah. Carson Wentz got hurt. If Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, they are significant, significant favorites over Atlanta, significant mm -hmm. favorites over Minnesota. They yeah. probably, I always say, they probably would have been an underdog in the Super Bowl because it was the Patriots. Lighter, yeah. Um, but yeah. they would have been significant favorites leading up to the Super Bowl.
Yeah. Yeah. I just, I agree. And I just, that's why I, I always just try to, you know, again, like my take on Positadelphia this year is not any kind of like skewed whatever thing. I just feel like for a team that won 14 games and it's going to be an okay shape injury wise, at least much better than they were five years ago. Like to me, there's a, there's a lot of reasons to be, to be positive. Um, this is, it, 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 it's never been set up better. Uh, not only yeah. are they relatively healthy compared yeah. to other teams, uh, mm-hmm. Guys who are injured are expected to be back, with the exception of Maddox. I don't expect Maddox back in the divisional round. Um, and this is the, the the lineup. We just went down the four potential teams in the divisional round. The Eagles should beat every single one of them. Doesn't matter how it shakes out. And San Francisco is a very difficult team. But Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy. It's not Josh Allen. It's not mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. It's not Joe Burrow. It's not Justin Herbert. It's not even Trevor Lawrence. You know, the AFC is the murderer's row. The NFC is like, Ugh. who's number two? Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott? Listen, I think it was Ed Rendell who said we're becoming a nation of wussies, right? Okay. Are you really – how many people are really afraid of Brock Purdy coming to Lincoln? That's Financial? what I you guys, said. You guys yeah. are just disparaging. Bur- yeah. The guy's been great. I know it's only been five games, but he's been phenomenal. I Jody, Jody, Jody I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take – And the other place where both you guys are dropping the ball, I'm sorry to say, if I have to be the negative Nelly guy, I will be. I'm not sure the Eagles can get over this Aaron Sipos injury. I, I think it could come back to bite him in the ass. Brett Just remember, you heard that here first. When a, Hey, it, Brett Kern is a hell of a holder, I've been told. Okay. I've been when, told. when he shanks one off his foot, Mr. Yeah. Kern, and it gives the other team the short field. Remember, oh, shoot, why did Jody bring up Aaron Sipos? Yeah, Just Reg, Reggie Roby, he is not. Yeah. So. KK, good stuff. Uh, go get yourself some, some soup. From yeah. down the block. I, I'm doubting you're getting the uh, Sirianni creation, but good luck trying. Now nah, we'll see. Look for the review tomorrow on uh, crossingbroad.com. We tried the local taco soup. Is it good? We will we will yeah. do just that. Kevin, yeah. thanks, buddy. Thanks, Always Kevin. a pleasure. Kevin Kincaid, Crossing Broad here with us on Birds 365. Yeah, I'm, I'm not freaking... afraid of Brock Purdy, Jody. Not afraid. I know you're not. Bring him on. Bring him on. And you're not if afraid of Brady Reddit. either, which I'm no. telling you, be careful. I'm not I, I'm not comparing no, I'm, it to last year. The Bucks were the better team, but listening to Eagle Nation, bring on Tom Brady. We know what the hell happened. Um, yeah, bring on Dak. Bring on the Bucks. I want Dak. Bring on if the I'm Bucks. I'm an Eagles fan. I want Dak. I, not I just will say the Eagles, but because Dak doesn't do diddly in the playoffs. My one asterisk, I will say. If Tom Brady's got the ball down three with two minutes left, yeah, I don't want to be in that spot. But and but that's a possibility. Bucks, you can't you can't just throw that well, out no, the window. Well, no. Here, it, it, my only point is, in the first fifty-five minutes of the game, you should be up by twenty points because the Bucks stink, and they can't uh, uh, do enough around Tom Brady. So all you got to do is win the game in the first fifty-five minutes. This past week of the first fifty-five minutes. The Commanders got up 20 points on the Cowboys. I'll take the Eagles to do the same instead. All right, McMullen, McDonald, quickie timeout. Come back, put a bow in the show. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Rams 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Our Mountaineer guys, uh, Kincaid and Carbotham, were very good today. Thank them both for joining us. Um, uh, so we got to turn it over to Rick Saratello, who's coming up next. Um, do we know, is Tone going to be uh, doing a show with you tomorrow? Uh, yes, I believe that is the plan. So Tone DeShields, Jody, uh, Jody's going to be out tomorrow. So you get Tone DeShields and, and Johnny Mac. Not the same without Jody, but uh, yeah, Tone uh, will bring it. Very I, you know. I don't know about me, but Tone will bring it. Very cool. And uh, I uh, booked Ricky Ricardo to join the show when he found out I wouldn't be here. He said, oh, of course, I'll go on with McMullen. Uh, so Ricky Ricardo, the voice of the Eagles, and Espanol will be here tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yours truly has to have a medical procedure done. This is the first show I missed in a while. I didn't even know we started two minutes late. Uh, Jody's still asleep. People still remember a year ago when yeah. I slept through my alarm. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, I'm going to miss tomorrow's show, but I plan on being back here on Thursday. Bright, early, bushy tail at the start of the show. Uh, come on back tomorrow. Tone the Shields, uh, the producer of the show, will be stepping into uh, my role and pimping Johnny Mac as much as he can. I right, partner, uh, I will talk to you on Friday. Thanks for uh, doing this stuff with me today. Thanks, Jody. We'll be back on Friday. Tone will be in tomorrow. Keep it here on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.